Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Gary Rosier-Taylor, who's Director of Sales at Descartes. And today we're going to talk about how are companies engaging with customers around deliveries in 2023. So for B2B and B2C companies alike, delivery is becoming a competitive differentiator and a key driver of customer experience. So how well do you engage with customers around their deliveries? We explored that question recently in a survey that we conducted with members of our Indago supply chain research community. So these are all supply chain logistics executives from manufacturing, retail, and distribution companies. And in today's episode, we're going to analyze and discuss some of the survey results. And it's great to have you know, Gary on the on the program to uh, share his insights and advice on, on this topic. So Gary, welcome to the program. Hi, Adrian. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Great. Well, so so Gary, let's uh, you, you know we'll we'll kind of touch upon some of the survey results here, and I'll just mention up front that um, you know Descartes will be sharing some of the survey results as well uh, on their website, um, so people can get more in depth uh, information there as well. But but let's start with a basic question. You know why is customer engagement so top of mind, or for those companies that really haven't been focused on it, why should it be? top of mind for both B2B and B2C companies? Uh, great starting question, Adrian. Thanks for that. And um, uh, just, I really want to say it's, it's not as basic a question as you think it may be. Um, and partly because there's so many different reasons uh, or so many different types of customer engagement that we consider. Um, I'm going to try and answer it in a kind of relation to the last interaction with a customer uh, that is right below up before delivery, um, which traditionally is known as what we call the last mile. Um, in my view, I'm going to call it the critical mile. Now, people are really just waking up to the idea that customers prefer more than just a little bit of transparency around their deliveries. Um, now, partially thanks to food delivery companies and other services um, that consumers interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, we've absolutely all come to expect a certain level of engagement. Um, now, it is without a doubt coming or becoming a differentiator um, as uh, maybe the sales process has gone really well, or um, you know, maybe the, the process of purchasing or buying has gone you know nice and smoothly. But the poor last interaction is left to the or left in the customer's mind, or or sours the mouth in, in some capacity, and so therefore, ultimately, it, it becomes incredibly important when they're deciding the next time around who they want to do business with. Now, from obviously from a survey perspective, the results really speak for themselves. Um, uh, you know, from what I, I took away from it, the study showed that companies engage electronic or the companies that engage uh, electronically with customers um, about deliveries had seen increased CSATs, um, reduced call centers uh, or call center, call center contacts, um, you know, reduced disputes, claims, failed deliveries, all these things that happen on a day to day basis. Um, this makes the customer engagement such a big part of operational effectiveness. Um, Add to that, I'd probably also say revenue performance as well. What I found probably the most shocking element was that, was it, I think just, just over half uh, of all the companies that we surveyed don't actually engage with their customers. So they're leaving all of those benefits on the table. That that's to me is, is a huge opportunity, but also kind of a huge criticism as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was surprising to me as well. Uh, you know, from from the survey results, that you know, to to see yeah. that, and and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I've I've written about this topic in the past. You know, talking about the the, the growing role and importance of delivery and, and customer experience and customer satisfaction, and ultimately yeah. to you know operational and financial you know performance as well. You know, I used to talk about it in terms of you know deliver really is that in some ways that final moment of truth. Like everything else can go so right up front, and then you're sitting there waiting. You know, they gave you a time window and, and, and the worst case is, you know, they give you a time window that's all day. Um, so that's bad enough. And then they give you a time window that's all day at, you know, let's say until five o'clock and it's 5.15 and they still haven't arrived and you still haven't heard from them and you have no idea where, where they are and, and so forth. So I think that experience can quickly, you, you can lose a customer, you know, for, for life, you know, when, when, when that ha- happens. Um, I want to peel back the onion a little bit with regard to customer engagement, because I think if you ask different people, what does that mean or what's involved with customer engagement? I think, you know, folks might have, you know, different uh, definitions or, or perceptions about it. I mean, is customer engagement just about providing a estimated time of arrival to customers about, you know, the deliveries or does, does it go beyond that? I mean, in other words, I mean, how are the leaders in this area engaging with customers? No. So to answer that question in one word is um, no, it's not just about an ETA. Um, However, uh, there are so many different facets to consider. Um, More and more companies are providing ETAs. However, typically, and and you've literally just alluded to it, and and a perfect example are they're generally based on standard lead times. Um, You know, long time window or long lead times, long delivery windows. Instead of using, you know, whether it's dynamically calculated ETAs that use real-time, uh, whether it's GPS, real-time location data, um, you know, that, that's that's um, generally what we would, would would classify as kind of engagement. Um, now, it is great to see companies understanding the value of providing an ETA, but saying your delivery will be there in three to five days not as impactful as saying your delivery driver will arrive on Thursday between 12 and 4, whilst also on the day being able to narrow that time down as the delivery approaches. And that's, that can be done dynamically um, or, you know, in, including things such as delays or, you know, even adding in things like a place in the queue um, just for some context of, oh, I'm sixth or seventh down the line. You know, it gives us some, some of that um, uh, kind of, sort of context and visibility from a consumer standpoint. Now, um, from a cert from the survey, it was only 5% of the respondents use dynamically dynamic delivery windows. Now, that to me says there is a massive, and I mean absolutely ginormous opportunity for companies to improve on this relatively quickly and relatively easily. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's like communicating ETAs is important. And it certainly seems to be one of the top ways that companies are engaging with their customers in that critical time frame. Um, you know, and we only saw a fraction of those companies actually allowing to manage those deliveries as well. So we, we talk about ETA and we talk about kind of contextual information, but also giving empowerment or giving the, the uh, ability for customers to actually do something about it. That's really important. That's the engaging part. You know, that, that can include, uh, I don't know, self-serve capabilities, um, things like rescheduling, 
confirming an appointment or confirming a delivery, cancelling or communicating specific, you know, specific information about a delivery, come to the side door, knock loudly, I'm hard of hearing. Anything like that, you know, really does support and gives the real engagement. So kind of couple that the ETA, but but also the uh, um, you know, the capability to do something about it. Now, yeah, I mean, I think well, that's... Are... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that they, these are just the little things that customers expect when they've purchased something. Like, you know, uh, good example, you know, um, if delivery was later than expected due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, a crash, an accident, um, you know, hopefully touch with nothing too serious, but I'd much rather be able to find that information out myself than to call into any organization, uh, you know, taking my time. I mean, click of a button versus picking up the phone. I don't know how long that's going to take. Um, and I, 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 I referenced, and, and I, I think it was over half of the respondents said they do not have a portal for a customer to go and look at this information. A huge missed opportunity for companies to share uh, critical information that is readily available. Like this information is available to these companies. Like they can see those trucks on a route, on a route, and they can see what's going on. Just share that information. It should be, it should be to me a much, much easier process to allow customers that that uh, that information. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that this is an area that at best companies are, and I think the survey kind of showed this. I mean, a lot of most, I think if I remember correctly, most of the respondents said that they start engaging with customers during the buying process in terms of communicating the, you know, the delivery expectations and so forth. But again, it's it's kind of like uh, still old school, right? So it's based on standard lead times or very wide windows. And I think when you look at some of the leading companies, as you reference, it's, you know, providing more dynamic ETAs or then then providing day of delivery, some updated timing and, you know, insights, and then taking it a step further, providing customers the ability to self-service, right? If they need to reschedule uh, or if they, you know, want to provide some more specific delivery instructions because things change that day and, you know, and so forth. I think that's where I think I see um, very few companies are doing that, at least within our community that we surveyed. But that seems to be a, a huge area of, of opportunity. Um, so, so I, I guess I want to you know, kind of dive into that a little bit more. I mean, like you, like you mentioned, I mean, half the, the survey respondents aren't providing customers with, you know, that kind of self-service capabilities to manage their deliveries. Number one, did, did it surprise you that it was that, you know, relatively high? Again, within our relatively small community, but did, does that surprise you? Does, it, does that align with what you see out there in the market? And why do you think more companies aren't letting their customers manage their own deliveries? Um, first off, speaking really candidly, yes, that surprises me greatly um, for various reasons. From my personal perspective, we typically hear the main limitation is not because a company wants to have that manual interaction, um, but generally it's merely down to kind of the technology to enable this capability poses the biggest challenge. Um, being frank, I don't think I've had many conversations, if any conversations in the past 10 to 12 years of my career within software, um, where I've spoken to somebody and they've said, I've got loads of development time, I've got loads of engineering time. You know, these are a an absolute premium, you know, and, you know, whether it's the um, technical capabilities, whether it's the knowledge and understanding within that particular business, they are, you know, development, engineering, technical resource is an absolute premium. 
they're also stacked with work for the next god knows however long you know add, added to that building something in-house without dedicated expertise in that specific sector or product takes a huge amount of time investment just to learn and understand what's in the marketplace what could be in the marketplace what we would what we want you know all of these things come with these different nuances so that to me is probably one of the reasons why more companies aren't um, aren't doing that um, the other thing about allowing people to do um, or to manage their deliveries etc cetera, etc cetera, um, it also highlights the need for companies to tell you more specifics you know so if they don't have a portal they don't have the capability to manage it they're probably not telling you anything specific about it for example um and I, I was chatting to a colleague a little bit earlier about this and the exact experience happened but if you knew adrian a delivery was going to happen between 12 and 2 eastern today you'd probably know that we we're going to rec be recording this interview and you could take action to adjust that delivery not knowing that means you're simply hoping it doesn't turn up whilst we're on this call right now and there's a ding dong not just not just about to happen on your door that to me is insane. Yeah, and and uh, that's a great example because uh, that has happened to me more than once over the many years that I've been doing this program. Where uh, it just happens that you know either a delivery or a service technician is supposed to come, and they've given me that time window, and there's no way for me to you know adjust it or or proactively uh, uh, you know make it, make any changes. Um, you know, I wonder if part of the challenge or why maybe some companies aren't further ahead in this area is because who owns this, right? Is this a logistics, uh, is this, does this fall in the logistics transportation domain or does this fall under the customer service domain? Uh, does that, um, do you see that at all? Or, or is it, it you know, um, you know, is there kind of a collaborative internal alignment that needs to happen to say, okay, who's going to take ownership of this project or who's going to lead or fund this investment to, to enable this? Um, you're absolutely right. I think there is definitely a conversation to be had as to where this kind of sits or who owns this particular conversation um, or a particular pr product. Um, from my perspective, and, and I'm gonna, I'll try and visualize this a little bit. As a general rule, if you do something for your organization's operational efficiency, your customer's experience declines, okay? Hypothetical situation, um, you wanna, you know, you fix a certain route that has to happen, okay? Um, and so one customer that should have been delivered to in the morning is then now delivered to in the afternoon, right? Um, you're doing something for your operational efficiency because it's better for you, customer's experience has declined. If you do something for your customer's experience, as a general rule, your customers, uh, sorry, your operational efficiency declines. Okay. Um, for example, customer service centers. You increase your customer call center, your operational efficiency declines. The only thing that I've found from a technology standpoint in my years of working with software is communication. It's the only thing that can impact both of those two things in a positive way in alignment together. Your operational efficiency will unquestionably improve because people are aware of things happening, you know, even to a tune of um, uh, being able to understand exactly when people are going to turn up at your doors, the speed of that delivery occurring. 
great. You know, it gives you some some other huge benefits because people are generally waiting for these products, especially if they're that excited by the by the thing they purchased or ordered or bought, right? And then the flip side is you're going to get less calls about it. So both of those two things just sit side by side and hand in hand. And and so for me, it does need that kind of sort of you know collaboration internally. But who owns that is is really. I think the biggest battle we see is is um, who's going to see the biggest benefit. And the truth is they're both going to see it. They just need to get on the same page. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think this goes back to the, you know, what people have always talked about, you know, is that, you know, if you take a holistic view of any project initiative, you know, and you really look at it from the standpoint of on over the long term, right, the company as a whole benefits and customers benefit by doing you know, some of these things. And I think when you look at it from a, again, a a balanced scorecard, organizational alignment, holistic perspective. I mean, these are words that we say and, 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 you know, for, for, you know, for forever, but I think it applies here as well, because I think there's, there's a win, win, win opportunity here, a win for logistics, a win for customer service, and obviously a win for customers uh, as well. If it's approached from that, you know, very holistic, you know, mindset. Um, so, uh, and anything else from, you know, the survey results that, that surprised you? I mean, any, any opportunities for, you know, capturing value that, that companies are, are missing out on based on kind of what the survey results revealed? Again, I'm so glad you asked this question. There is so much that surprised me from the results. Um, I'll pick out a couple because I think I could probably be talking for hours. Um, otherwise specifically about this topic. Um, one of the things, um, Surprised that half the respondents don't send a post delivery survey at all. Now, to me, this is a complete missed opportunity to perform service recovery. Um, not so much understanding how they perceive your brand or perceive the products, but the service. You know, what did I think of that particular um, you know delivery process or service? Um, it really allows people to get ahead of bad experiences before it affects your retention numbers or reorder rates. Um, so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is job-based feedback not only strengthens um, the operational efficiency, but it's also a great way to understand far better where things are going wrong and how to be able to fix them when they don't go as go as well as possible. And it's not always about fixing a problem. Um, it's sometimes just about acknowledging and saying, there's an issue, I'm going to take the constructive feedback. So um, that's that's probably one of the biggest things that surprised me. One, and actually really interesting, one specific beat, bit of feedback in addition to that is, uh, and this took me by absolute surprise, is one of the respondents within the survey said they didn't carry out um, a, a post post delivery uh, survey or post delivery feedback because they themselves didn't carry out the actual delivery. Now, from my perspective, even if you don't handle your own deliveries, how your customers actually interact with your brand, who you choose to partner with completely impacts your retention numbers because they will absolutely they don't they don't hold the third party logistics company or they don't hold them accountable. They hold you. They hold you accountable for any missteps. So it's about closing that delivery loop and without collecting that feedback, how do you do it? What do you you don't know what's going right or wrong. So 
for me, that that was a, a really interesting, um, really interesting response. Yeah, you know, I, I found that one interesting too because you know you're absolutely right. I mean, the the buck ultimately stops with the brand owner, right? Because I, you yeah. know, no no one, no, you know, all they know is they bought a particular product from X Y Z retailer or X Y Z company. They don't see or care about the 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 name on the truck, the delivery truck that shows up at their door. Um, if it's damaged, if it's late, whatever the case, they're gonna hold the brand. The, that that retailer or that or that manufacturer that you bought it from ultimately responsible and and, and the whatever positive or negative experience you have without question is going to be you know reflected back to the uh, uh, to the brand owner. Um, so so I thought that was an interesting comment as well. There, there was another comment, if I remember correctly, and I, I'm kind of curious on your take on it as well. I think another respondent said, you know, we we send five, you know, we do five thousand shipments a day or something like that, and they said, you know, for us to send you know, emails out or, or engage with customers every day on these deliveries will be kind of onerous. I mean, what, what's your experience, you know, particularly for high, you know, people that have high volumes of shipments? I mean, is there a, a, a cadence that you do? Or I mean, how does that how does that work with high volume shippers? Well, it's, it's an interesting, interesting point. And my question straight away to that particular particular response would be, do you send the, those 5000 shipments to the same customer? The answer is, more than likely going to be no. So actually the cadence perspective doesn't really come into it because you're sending it to different people. Um, so they're only get those consumers or customers are only going to see that survey or feedback request once. Okay. That's the first thing. The the second thing is just from uh, I, I guess uh, sort of taking it back a step is why should we send it or how should we send it? If you were to send a text message or an email every single time you did something, that, that's onerous. A lot of this can be automated because it's the same information repeated just with a different time window, timestamp, customer name. You know, there's, there's really just a small amount of data and information that you need to automate that process. So it's not about being an onerous process. It's more about, do you have the data to be able to do it? And that's not a lot of data, right? And and the technology, the 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 software, let's say, to automate the process. Because I I I I agree. I think you know probably that person yeah. was thinking having you know an army of people sending out emails, you know, typing out individual emails to five thousand people, you know, every every day. Yeah. And in that case, it would you know that that's a very you know inefficient manual you know labor intensive process, and that's not really what you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, the ability to uh, obviously leverage, you know, some of these technology and data capture systems that we have to be able to automate and streamline, you know, this process in more efficient ways, which brings me to, I guess, to my last question as, you know, as a a way to wrap up, I mean, um, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, customer engagement around deliveries, I mean, what actions should companies take to, you know, start improving in this area and then how can technology help? Uh, I'm going to avoid the easy answer, um, which uh, which straight away. Um, I'll reiterate a couple of points from earlier. Um, when we talk about engagement, this doesn't mean about having people resources to do it, um, and almost kind of looping into that last point as well. Um, providing that you the data or the ability for customers to make changes themselves, it completely eliminates the need for customer service agents to call, confirm deliveries. Um, answering calls with customers about the time. So it's not about people resource. 
Um, most companies, certainly that I speak to, already have all of this information about their finger, uh, at their fingertips. Okay, um, they use routing, they use fleet telematic solutions, they will use job management, proof of delivery solutions. Um, so it really only takes a handful of key customer data points to um, quickly, swiftly, whichever way you put it, take your customer experiences to the next level. Um, there's absolutely no need to reinvent the wheel uh, when, and, and I've got to be really honest, uh, when providers like ourselves have already done the heavy lifting um, and communicating and engaging with clients on, on you know, kind of uh, customers on the, on the day of service. So really, that's what I'm going to say. Um, last of all, I'll kind of sort of end it and say, look, by looking at areas within your business with no access rates or failed deliveries, really large call volumes, poor customer satisfaction, whatever the case may be, building a business case or building the case for customer engagement becomes exponentially critical. The data alone that comes comes out of just deploying customer engagement technology, whether it's ourselves or any others, um, and being able to analyze that um, within any overall business strategy should be, in my opinion, enough of a reason to invest in prioritizing customers' experience. It's also the way to differentiate yourself with your competitors, which, you know, post, you know, I'm going to call it post 2021, 2022, um, you know, is certainly the single biggest thing that I believe companies are looking to do is differentiate themselves from their competitors. Um, That for me is the prioritization. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think the, you know, overall, I think the the survey results, um, you know, parts of it were surprising. Some of it were not surprising. Yeah. But I think overall, my main takeaway was, at least within our research community, is that there's a lot of room for improvement in this area for a lot of a lot of companies out there. So for those of you watching this episode, um, when you look at the report, uh, kind of curious how you would have responded to those questions, whether those results align with your own experience. Uh, you know, as well. And then based on what we discussed today, you know, uh, hopefully you, you've, you you come away with, you know, a better understanding of why, you know, this is such a, an important area and an area that, um, you know, can can pay off handsomely, you know, with, with relatively minimal, you know, effort, if, if you will. Um, so Gary, again, thank you for making the time uh, to be with us today, sharing your insights and advice on, you know, uh, engaging with customers around deliveries. I, I, I certainly learned a lot. And I'm sure many of our listeners uh, learned a lot as well. So again, thank you. Adrian, thanks very much for having me and uh, really enjoyed the conversation. And most importantly, I absolutely love that picture on your background. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, my wife gave me that as a present. I I like to say that's me in frog form, especially when I'm wearing wearing (laughs) these these glasses. So uh, I'll I'll join you. There you go. There you go. So uh, (laughs) yeah. That, that's become my, my partner in crime uh, over the past few months since I've gotten it. Um, again, thank you for making the time. Thank you for all of you that watched you. Uh, today's episode. If you've got a question or a comment for Gary uh, and you're watching this episode uh, on demand, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, you can post a question there and I'm, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.